Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers, hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And we are broadcasting live from lovely, let me look out the window, sunny Austin, Texas. Um, Of course, this is your half-hour daily motivational focused call on your real estate business. So we are going to talk about something that we don't talk about very often on the radio show, but something I think a lot of you would benefit from, and that is how to handle rejection. Not even overcome rejection, but really how to put it in perspective so that it doesn't really kind of knock you, knock you off your game for too long. So we wrote down five great points that we're looking forward to sharing with you guys, at least a couple of them today. But before we do, Julie and I were just chatting before today's show that each of us are having a lot of very interesting experiences from our own personal uh, one-on-one clients, but also from some of the free coaching calls that we've been doing as well. And uh, Julie, you had a story in particular you wanted to share. I believe it was about the pre-listing pack or and we talked yeah, about it's actually things. kind of a uh, combined story of several calls that I had today with similar flavors. Sometimes that happens, especially when we're working on a sort of theme month. And if you guys recall from previous shows, we always talk about the theme of this month is get your pre-listing package done, especially if you're one of our private coaching clients. And so the funny thing is, you guys always do this. It's like, you know, you kind of believe it might be a good idea, and you've kind of been sending some stuff ahead of time, and maybe you can get a buy with that until your coach really beats you into submission on getting it done, okay? And then you go on an appointment, and guess what? You don't take the listing. And then you come to the coaching call, and you go, maybe I should get that pre-listing package together. Why do some of you wait until you lose something to get stuff done? Then the next call is even more entertaining because then you'll go on a bunch of new appointments and you'll take all of the listings curiously and you'll say, gosh, I should have done that sooner. So, Well, you know, that is a good question, though, you asked, Julie. Why is it – well, let's just be honest. From a coach's perspective, we had to make the pre-listing pack easier, and we have. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, those of you guys who have been with us for a long time, you know we're always focused on giving you guys an unfair advantage. I used to say almost unfair advantage, but really when it comes to our pre-listing pack – it is an unfair advantage because yeah. really when you're competing against any other agent, uh, you know, this pre-listing pack is going to knock them out of the water. There's just not even going to be any, in the seller's mind. There's no yeah. real competition that's going on because you're com- coming at them from a different perspective. So what what have we done? We've uh, Julie and I have personally worked with some of our private clients in getting their pre-listing packs done. That was a kind of a, I think, a company-wide project for July with Julie and I's clients and all of our coaches' clients. And I think for the most part, people are getting them done quicker. But, again, mm-hmm. this is spe- specifically for those of you who are existing coaching students. Make sure you're getting your pre-listing packs done. We've made it easier for you. On the Real Estate uh, Coaching Essentials website in Level 4, we have uh, given you samples of completed pre-listing packs. But even better, not only are we giving you the template, but we're also giving you the source for the companies that you can hire to do all the work for you. So, like, Seriously, could we make it any easier? 
well, he could do it for them, but, I mean, this is about as close to doing it for them as we possibly could, yeah. Right. So moral of the story, guys, is the pre-listing pack and, of course, the complete home selling guide, those things working in conjunction with the listing appointment. You won't really have any competition. And we talk about this all the time, you know, what is luck? It's opportunity, meeting, preparedness. And the funny thing is, is as soon as you're more prepared with your pre-listing pack, you're going to find luck everywhere, you know? Yeah, I mean, the fact is that, that you – it is, isn't it? So if you have your pre-listing pack, when you have your pre-listing pack done, I'm thinking Joe Lombardo right now. Actually, Joe Lombardo is a great coaching student. He's the number one, eight, or I'm sorry, number four agent. Might be the number one agent in the Long Island this year. Personal coaching client of mine got his pre-listing pack done. Is doing a lot of, uh, you know, taking a ton of listings, four or five listings a week right now. I would say last week alone of my personal coaching schedule, I heard without being prompted at least ten of them tell me how they finally got the pre-listing pack done, how they wish they would have got it done a lot sooner, and how much more effective and easy their listing appointments are now that they have it done. Guys, mm-hmm. the secret with the, the whole point of the pre-listing pack is to handle any objections that the seller might throw at you before you get there. So that when you're there, there's no stress about commission. There's no stress about price. There's no stress about the listing term. There's no stress about what you're going to do to get the home sold. The great feared question all agents have, what makes you different? You're not going to have to worry about that because the pre-listing pack's already covered all of it. Right. So bottom line, existing students, please get it done. We've made it really as easy as we possibly can. Go to the website, Real Estate Coaching Essentials. You know, you can go to timandjulieharris.com. Log on, level four, real estate, uh, real estate Coaching Essentials. It's a huge section all about the pre-listing pack. We tell you exactly what to do, um, you know, obviously to get it completed. And then watch the videos. Uh, there's a video for every single page in the pre-listing pack that explains exactly how to present that particular page to the seller. Now, in all reality, you will never have to present every single page, and there's 18 pages in our pre-listing pack. You'll never have to actually present all 18 pages. But you're going to have to present three or four. So, you know, they're going to ask about, you know, the easy access listing, the flexible fee. They're going to ask about the communications guarantee. Some of them are going to ask about your staff or, you know, whatever. So we have designed this, again, for those of you who have big teams, have no teams, Guys, there, you do not have to be – to be a really successful agent, you don't have to have a team. The number one agent – and get this, and Julie, I think I mentioned this to you. The number one agent in New York City uh, who sold $414 million in listings last year has one assistant, one, $414 million. You know, and most of these uh, listings and in no, the city And no, that was not just one listing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, though, just right? Hear the wheels turning. Yeah, but that was just one big commercial project. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, it was all residential. It be done. And in New York, of course, in New can. York City, guys, if you want to do this in your head, for the most part, the listings are always taken at six percent. That was one agent with one assistant. So just keep that in mind. You don't necessarily need a big team. Teams are more there if you, for example, are you know not wanting to work as hard, but understand that you will exchange profitability for the uh, freedom of not having to do as much of the actual work yourself. But in any any event, that's a topic for previous radio shows because we really talk a lot about teams and profitability and all those types of things. And again, go back and listen to the previous radio shows. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick commercial break, assuming all my technology works. And then when we come back, Julie and I are going to be presenting to you, oh, I see a new commercial in there. I'm looking forward to queuing up. I've never heard this one before. 
so, Mr. Ventura, I hope this hopefully this one sounds good. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk with you about how to handle, and let's just call it overcome rejection. According to the National Association of Realtors, only 10% of agents complete an amazing 90% of all transactions because they have a coach. If you want the production and performance that comes with being a top producer, then you need one too. Not just any coach, but the leaders in coaching today, Tim and Julie Harris. Don't just take our word for it. Listen to what HGTV star and Atlanta top producer Colette McDonald has to say. Hi, my name is Colette McDonald, and I'm with Remax in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to Tim and Julie Harris. I've been a coaching client of theirs for the last four years. When I first started in this business 12 years ago, I was very successful, did a great amount of business, averaged between eight and 10 million a year. When I contracted with Tim and Julie to be my graduate level coaches, my production increased by 20% per year. I am now trending 30 million this year. That's amazing results over four years of working with Tim and Julie Harris. I highly recommend them. Tiger Woods has a coach. And why does he have a coach? Because he can't see his swing. If you do what they tell you to, you will see huge results. I am living proof. Only Tim and Julie Harris provide powerful one-on-one -on -one coaching along with all the lead generation systems, scripts, presentations, team building, and business planning tools you need to dominate your real estate market. We offer affordable pricing with no long-term contracts, and our entire coaching staff are trained professional agents with top producing track records. Take action now and visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. There's no risk, no obligation, just a free, personal, one-on-one -on -one call with a trained professional coach. Join the elite 10% of agents who make all the difference in today's market. Visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So what did you think, Julie? Good ad. Um, that was great. Yeah, good job. So, Mr. Ventura and Colette, thank you very much. Ad sounded great. So, Julie, let's get right to the first point. Talking about how to handle rejection. Not that that ever happens in the real estate business, right? So some of you guys hang on to this. You're not quite sure how to deal with it, to what degree you should feel it. So we thought that we ought to make a radio show about that. So let's start with point number one. When you're feeling rejection, point number one, have an actual grieving period. And we're not talking about weeks or months or making your year about this, but it's natural to feel upset when you didn't get a listing you thought you were going to get, when a deal fell apart, when a buyer decided to use somebody else. Maybe you found out they bought the open house they went to this weekend or they decided to build new construction. You're going to feel rejection. So allow yourself to be upset about that. That's normal. It's healthy. It's natural. So give yourself some time to process it and grieve what happened. That just makes you normal. Take some time out of your life. Process the rejection. Maybe take the afternoon off. Not the week, the month, or the year, but the afternoon. Give yourself a break. And maybe do something to calm yourself down. Think about it. Go to a movie. You know, have a nice dinner with your family. Something that I like to say refills the cup. Because, you know, when you feel rejection in real estate, it kind of feels like, you know, you were punched in the gut or the life was sucked out of you or 
You know, sometimes I have coaching calls right after something happened and they just decide that they hate real estate all of a sudden. You know, it's the market's awful or this or that. And you jumped all these conclusions. Well, it's because you're not giving yourself a break the afternoon to accept it, to think about it, to feel that anxiety and that rejection. That's okay. That just makes you normal. So point number one again, actually have an appropriate grieving period. Remember, appropriate grieving period. This is real estate. There are other things that you can grieve about longer that make more sense besides just a lost listing or a lead that went sideways or a deal that tanked. Make sense, Tim? Exactly. It does. And you know, the thing that's interesting, too, is that in, so let's say most cases you're going to feel the rejection, the sting of it, when you lose a listing, when you compete and you lose the listing. But as we were talking about prior to that new wonderful commercial is the fact that it oftentimes will take the loss of a listing for you to get off your ass and finally get your listing pack done or for you to learn a formalized listing presentation, for you to actually realize that you know, you're know you only going to get a certain number of listings every year from your friends and your family. And at the end of the day, if you really want to build a real business, you're going to have to learn how to compete. So the, bo- the point of all this, guys, is sometimes when you have those experiences of uh, feeling rejected because the seller chose somebody else over, over you, uh, that is nothing more than just a wake-up call to get your act together. That is a reaction of, you know, you could have a reaction where you're going to say to yourself, well, it's too soon to tell. It's too soon to tell whether that was a good experience or, in this case, a bad experience. So I'm going to take what there is to have learned from that rejection, and I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen again. So true competitors realize that oftentimes rejection, in the midst of rejection, that's when your greatest lessons are to be learned. So what's the second point, Jules? second point is to actually talk it out with a trusted friend or advisor, or better yet, your coach. Why do I say that? Well, some of you guys will go to the office and talk to other agents about it who will then unload their rejection stories on you. We encourage you to talk to a supportive trusted friend or advisor as a coach you know part of my job is to be your co-pilot and help you see what happened i always joke with my clients that are feeling the sting of rejection i'll I'll ask them what did the real estate gods want you to learn from this you know why did this happen to you and is this something that you caused that we need to do something about can we systematize the problem away let's actually deal with it that's why it's important to actually talk about it so point number two talk to a trusted friend advisor or coach who will actually listen to you but tell it to you straight and help you sort out those feelings and thoughts. What you don't want to do is go to social media, post it on Facebook. I remember, you know, back when there were a lot more REOs and everybody was scrambling to be an REO agent, agents would complain about asset managers online, and then they would complain to their coach why they didn't have any more assets to manage. And that didn't make a whole lot of sense. So stay off of social media. Nobody wants to hear your whining, okay? And then get through your complaining and feeling about it and talking about it and decide, I'm going to give myself this afternoon to get over it, to do something about it. Maybe I need to correct action so it doesn't happen again. Talk to a trusted friend, advisor, or coach, and then be ready to move on. Well, you bring up something interesting, Julie. Don't bellyache with other agents. Because have you guys ever noticed that agents love to bellyache? They'll never – exactly. Have you ever noticed that there's a pod of agents at your office – um, that basically the, the foundation of their relationship is sharing horror stories. <laughs> you know? right. Have you noticed in some cases some, some entire brokerages can turn negative like that? There can just be such bad morale inside of a brokerage because it all starts with the complaining. And you know what Julie said is really, really important. The fact is, is that nobody wants to hear your complaints. 
Nobody really cares about your situation, especially other agents. They just don't care. They don't I mean they might, you know, listen to you for long enough that you're gonna then finish talking so they can tell you their belly aching story, right? Mm-hmm. So the reality of it is is that when you start bitching and moaning about the bad experience that you had, you're gonna invite other people that are bitching and moaning, and what's gonna happen is you're gonna manifest more of that bad experience, you know, rinse or wash, rinse, repeat. Next thing you know, you've had a crappy month, then a crappy year, then oh my gosh, you're having to fail out of real estate. That's how it starts. It really does start with realizing that when you have a bad experience, it does help to share that experience with somebody. But it, you know, have it be a disinterested third party. Don't have it be an agent. Definitely don't have it be an agent. A coach mm-hmm. is perfect for that because oftentimes a great real estate coach is going to be able to help you realize that, yes, on the surface that was a bad experience, but let's actually dissect this a little bit further. What did you learn from that experience what was the reasons why that seller chose that other agent over you? What can we do to make sure that doesn't happen the next time? Sometimes, here's the irony of it, you guys labeled experiences as bad, but when you do a little bit of digging, you peel back the layers of the onion, you realize, well, you know what? That seller wasn't really motivated, or that seller wasn't going to be realistic, or that seller was... Yeah, maybe you're rejected over nothing. Yeah, or you, re- you got rejected by... like. You know, somebody who had you not been rejected by them would have driven you crazy. But here's the irony of ironies, especially in 2014. You know, here I am. It was July 14th, 2014. Uh, right now, guys, if you haven't figured it out yet, the industry, our most housing markets are starting to shift in a big way. Inventory is increasing. Price reductions are back in play. You're going to see a lot of expired listings. It's natural and it's normal, but I think it's going to uh, catch many, many agents by surprise. Remember your coach and your future coach told you this. It is July 14, 2014. By the end of next month in August or the end of September, you're going to find the number of expires in your marketplace is going to skyrocket. Now, skyrocket could mean it goes to 10 to 30, but there's going to be a lot more, and that means it's going to create a lot of opportunity for you at the perfect time. Why do I say that? Because there's going to be more expires. At the same time, there's going to be fewer agents that you're competing against because, as you know, most agents, whether they admit it or not, are not full-time as realtors. So by the time the summer's over and their kids are back to school and they're thinking about the holidays, they are effectively not in the business anymore. If you are serious about making money, realize that your 2015 actually begins the third and fourth quarter of the previous year. Perfect. Expired's happening. Da, 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 da. How does this relate to this topic? Because if you didn't take a listing today and you lost it to price or you lost it for some other reason, some other agent told them a higher number, whatever it was, you got out bonded or it doesn't matter. You didn't get it. Right. Don't burn a bridge with that seller because there's an excellent chance that that seller is going to need to hire a realtor when that first realtor is unsuccessful at selling the house. So who's the best you know, other agent they should be working with or looking forward to working with if they, the first agent isn't successful? You. So keep that in mind. Even though you might not get the – when Julie and I sold real estate, it was almost better to be the second or third realtor, not the first realtor. Because the first realtor in a hard market has to overcome the seller's unrealistic expectations, have to you know, get beaten across the head a million times about you know, why the house is overpriced and what feedback actually means and you know, know your you know, green couch and your avocado uh, kitchen appliances are not cool and trendy and they're not hip. I mean, you know, by the time you are, if you have an open mind and you realize that it's too soon to tell when you lose a listing, it's too soon to tell if you have a bad experience, 
and realize that the payday for that might be six months from now opposed to 30 days from now kind of opens up your mind and how you really kind of, I think, work through some of these experiences. Opposed to just labeling them as bad, just realize that that's just a future paycheck. Keep your wits about you. Next point, Jules. Next point, point number three, actually accept the rejection early. The earlier you accept the rejection and attempt to move on from it, the easier of a time you're going to have. It also means that you won't let rejection in the future flatten you as quickly. So what does this mean real estate-wise? Well, you know, it's so tempting when something weird happens in real estate to just kind of brush it off. Oh, you know, they were crazy anyway. Or, you know, I didn't want that listing anyway. They were going to be overpriced anyway. You know, that's not accepting it. That's pushing it on and making it somebody else's problem. Accept it and say, what I, the, the process I do on a coaching call when somebody's got this going on is I'll say, well, what would you have done differently looking back? Because that causes introspection. Maybe you did everything absolutely textbook right, and good for you if that's the case. Sometimes I'll say that on a coaching call. I wouldn't have done anything differently. I don't have any magic coaching formula for you on that. It's just, it's just stuff happens sometimes. Let's get over it, move on. Now what's the next thing we're going to do? Other times, maybe they did cause the problem. You know, agents do tend to be a little bit reactionary. Sometimes it's an ego issue. Sometimes it's lack of negotiating skills. could be anything. As a coach, we're going to vet that out for you and say, all right, so the real estate gods are teaching you this for a reason. Next time this happens, we're going to do A, B, C, D, and E, and you won't have to deal with this anymore. But that comes after you have actually done this point number three, accepting the rejection early instead of trying to make it somebody else's fault or the client's fault or something like that. Make sense? Yes, it does. And point number four is easier said than done. And point number four, Julie? Do not take the rejection personally. Remember that rejection doesn't say anything about you as a person. In real estate, they're rejecting the situation oftentimes. I hear about this a lot when we talk about uh, lead follow-up, for example, you know, or prospecting, where you call and you translate somebody not wanting to list with you as rejection when, in fact, they're not ready to list with anyone at all. Stop making about yourself. So when we say don't take rejection personally, really what we're saying as coaches is, don't make it all about you all the time. Don't take every last thing personally. Sometimes you guys end up using that as an excuse to not move forward and do the things that are going to bring more money to your business, to your family, etc. So don't take it so personally. Some of you guys, like, when you hear an objection at a listing, you feel like you're under attack. Well, that's because well, you don't have objection are, handling but, skills. But, What's that? But what, exactly. But that's, see, that's, that you just touched on something, Julie. I mean, when they are asked questions that do, you know, concern their personal level of experience, their, you know, blah, 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 why should I hire you over XYZ agent or brokerage, mm -hmm. that is a personal question. It is a personal, you know, yeah, attack. It true. just is. Because if you don't have the ability to overcome that objection, now, remember what we talked about at the top of this radio show, get your pre-listing pack done. Pre-listing pack saves you from the anguish of having to overcome those objections at the time of the listing appointment because, why? You will have already, already answered the question because the sellers will have read your pre-listing pack. Get your pre-listing pack done. and Then you, you won't know, feel under realize. attack. If you have the answer, then you're not being attacked. It's just, you and, know, it's funny, Tim, because we do see this very frequently with objection handling. Agents who don't know their objection handlers will always feel like they're personally under attack because that's yep. an initial reaction. But the agents that have it going on use a pre-listing package and know the objection handlers recognize that an objection is simply an unanswered question in the mind of the seller and not a personal affront because they know that the answers are. They know how to handle those clients. 
So That's it's, right. it's kind of like the chicken or the egg thing, you know. Do you want to feel the rejection? Do you want to learn the scripts and skills first? That way you won't feel rejected, you know. Think about what it really is, an unanswered question in the mind of the seller. But if you don't know the answer, of course you're going to feel under attack. You're going to feel defensive. Point, point number five. Okay, so point number five is do something else. Get your mind off the rejection. Put one front foot in front of the other. So don't immediately necessarily get right back to work if you're in a rotten mood about it, but you need to do something. Take action. So perhaps you just had a deal fall apart. It's unsavable. Well, guess what? You're going to feel a whole lot better when you set that next new appointment, aren't you? Get off the dime. Stop ruminating. You know, there's nothing worse than rejection lasting a week when you could have used that week to help other people who do appreciate your hard work and your skill. You know, sometimes when we have these little odd behaviors, like, you know, we stay in this mode of feeling defeated too long because of a bad experience, or we, you know, go to other agents thinking that somehow we're miraculously going to get moral support for having a failure in the real estate business. We do these types of things, even though consciously, if we actually looked at the outcomes, we would know without a shadow of a doubt that it isn't something we should do. We know that ultimately, you know, when you basically stay in a mode of feeling rejected, you attract other things that reinforce that negative feeling. You end up basically ruining your days, your weeks, your months, your years. And it becomes a lifestyle because now you've surrounded yourself with other things and people that reinforce the idea that the world is against you. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about but you do feel like that, request a free coaching call, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we'll do our best to help clear the air for you so you can break that pattern. But that is what it is. It's just basically a pattern that you then have subconsciously figure out a way to continuously reinforce. The thought you have to ask yourself is if you are having an experience, if you are basically not, you know, if you're staying down too long when you get knocked down, um, you maybe need to really question why you're choosing to stay down. How are you benefiting from staying in a state of basically uh, depression? Why is it that you're choosing to keep yourself unmotivated? It's interesting. You know, <laughs> we have co uh, coach, free coaching calls with folks obviously all the time. And sometimes you get these people on the call for these free coaching calls. And, yeah, they want to help building the real estate businesses and all that. But they are so quick to blame their lack of success on something other than themselves. I mean, they will take sometimes try to take you know control of the coaching call, and they'll want to tell us their story, or want to tell us how something happened to them 20 years ago, or all these other little extraneous things. And what's what they're looking for is they're looking for more reinforcement. That yes, just because you had a divorce 20 years ago, that means now you can continue to basically struggle financially. You know, it's interesting, guys, and that's what the whole point of a free coaching call is. Let us help you clear the air. Get your head screwed on straight so you can make the most of this new real estate recovery. Because what's happened in the past does matter. Sure, it makes up the fabric of who you are. But what really matters is what you do today so you can have a positive outcome on what your life, how you live tomorrow. And, you know, all this stuff, It's sometimes what we tell you guys is contrary, and I realize that. You don't hear a lot of the things that Julie and I say anywhere else, certainly from anybody else in our industry. And, you know, that's okay. Because, frankly, one of the reasons that we have so much passion for doing what we do it's because we are sick and tired of the sort of half-baked, half-assed uh, advice that's often given to agents about what it takes to build their businesses and, frankly, what it takes to build long-term wealth. If you are sick of basically you know, not being the person you want to be in the industry, not having the life that you want to have, not living the – you know, really, overall, 
it's something that you can ultimately control. Not 100% control, but by making generally very small tweaks to how you think, but more importantly, what you do, the outcome of your life and your family's life and the people that you choose to share your success with can be dramatically different. Usually, I, I don't know about you, Julie, but I find that if people will adjust what they do and how they do it and how they think about what they do and how they do it, but usually 5 or 10%, it makes like a 1,000% right. difference in their lives. Yeah, it's, not, it's never like, okay, we want you to become a different person. It's always yeah. we want you to apply you know, this particular technique. When someone asks you a question, you respond this way. When you, you know, those types of things. And, of course, we're obviously going to turn you guys on to lots of ways that you can, um, you know, lead generate because that's where it all starts. So if there's anything we can do for you, free coaching calls for agents.com, and we will talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.